My name is John and I'm at Paint School on Instagram. I've done over $15 million in paint jobs and I'm based out of Huntington Beach, California. Aaron is at Alpha Painting on Instagram. He's managed huge commercial projects with impossible timelines and now is a few years into building his own operation out of Branson, Missouri. And you should probably check out our full process videos on YouTube because they're pretty badass. Our point of doing this podcast is to put our 40 plus years of combined experience to the test. We've seen a decline in the industry, and while I think it's a bit arrogant to think we can change it, we're giving it a shot. Listen up and let us know what you think. This is Paint Sniffer Podcast. All right, so we're back with another episode here. Um, we are going to cover a few topics. Uh, one of them is going to be some product information. Um, we'll probably mostly talk about Sherwin-Williams since we both use that and probably a lot of people listening use that. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on some of the other companies um, just as we go through. Um, we're going to touch a little bit on the walmart.com uh, we had been talking about previously. Uh, but first, um, a little catch up. So last week I was up in Big Bear um, working on like redoing one of the decks and then adding on another deck to the other side of the house. And, um, you know, it's been fucking pretty hard, grindy work for me. Um, you know, splinters all over the hands and like, I don't realize how soft my hands have gotten over the last couple of years of not uh, being on the job so much. Um, but it sure does feel good to have a good hard day at work and fucking <laughs> eat the big dinner and relax at the end of the day, fucking knock out at night. Uh, but it also shows me like, man, you got to figure out a way to slow down as you're getting older, you know, like that's yeah. uh, pretty rough on the body. You don't realize when you're doing day to day, but if you don't do it for a while and then get back in there, it's like, all right. Your body has to get pretty used to all that punishment. Yeah, I was punching the walls in the shower last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking... I tried to do boat shit yesterday. Fucking oh, yeah. Got the boat all dewinterized and got it all ready to go. And then fucking think it's running good. And I go to, you know, get it all hooked up. We're ready to go for the weekend and then I go to trim down, trim up, and go to trim up, and it won't trim up. So I kept trimming down until the fucking outboard was in the fucking dirt. And then uh, I had to have uh, my my son-in-law come fucking climb inside the engine compartment because I can't fit inside there and <laughs> disconnect the wires from the uh, uh, from the uh, what is it called? It's like a like a hydraulic, uh, it's like a hydraulic system for the trim. Uh -huh. Well, one of the solenoids, probably two of the solenoids is out on it. So he had to cross the wire so I could trim it up and then just fucking drive it to the, to the boat mechanic. And on the way there, I blew fucking tires on the trailer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you were able to, you were able to bypass it to get it up then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then I'm on the side of the road with blown tires and then I, I got it, I got it off the road and then fucking went and set it Walmart because no tire shops are open on Saturday and, uh, got some new fucking tires and shit. I got to go put them on it, but yep, that was, that's been my fucking weekend. 
Someone had uh, messaged in about um, maybe we shouldn't be talking about boats and shit like that uh, yeah. because I don't know if it sounds like we're bragging or some shit or yeah, because our audience maybe people can't afford it or whatever. Yeah. Might not be able um, to do boat shit. Well, how about <laughs> don't, how about you don't do boat shit? <laughs> yeah, that's a good solution to that problem. Yeah, uh, I think um, over these last two years, I mean, if you look at like any of these groups, Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, all everybody's doing is talking about high heart, how high their charge rates are. You know, these fucking guys are talking about charging uh, 80, 100, 125 dollars an hour for their billing rates. Um, I don't even charge close to that much. You know, we're like 65, 60 to 65. Um but we do a lot of volume, you know, and if you're charging 85 or a hundred bucks an hour and you don't have enough money to buy a boat, you're doing something wrong yeah. or like you're fucking doing two days of work a week, you know, and you're taking the other three off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. Well, think, think about this. I bought that boat off of a job that uh i was charging a dollar 75 a square foot think about that for a second <laughs> so that's high production right you're being yeah. really super efficient hammering it out and then fucking reaping the rewards of it yeah that um, was ass busting you know 12 to 15 hour days and cranking out you know when we're priming and and running finish like 400 gallons a day for three guys yeah. so yeah, the position I'm in right now is we're back in the savings mode. Um, you know, I'd, I'd saved up quite a bit of money over the last few years, and specifically over the last two years. You know, we made a lot of extra money in these last couple of years. Um, and I don't buy that many things, um, extravagant things or whatever. I live a decent lifestyle. Um, but fuck it. You know, like <laughs> we got yeah. this house up by the lake and we're going to put a boat in the water and keep it there. And it's not like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm by no. For. Yeah, I'm by no means in your position like you're, you know, you're doing millions in order to make hundreds of thousands. Right. You know, I'm yeah. doing hundreds of thousands in order to make tens of thousands. So. Um, I was at the end of last year about ready to buy a house and then fucking the housing market fucking jacked. And now I'm sitting here with, you know, my dick in my hand wondering what the <laughs> fuck I'm going to do and hoping the economy fucking holds yeah. to where, you know, maybe the, the housing market will go down so I can get into a house. Um, but yeah, like I'm in no no awesome position, but you know, I'm doing, I'm doing better than if I was making somebody else rich, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be curious to see how long it takes the housing market to go down. Um, I'm sure it will. I think it's already starting to, uh, most places in the country, uh, just because interest rates are going up, demand is slowing down. So the value is going to come down in order to get more people to buy. But I don't know what that looks like. If that's one year, two years, three years. Um, but, you know, we were discussing a little bit. We're both starting to get calls for people looking for jobs. Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to be in recession within the next six months personally. But mm -hmm. with this is strange times. This isn't like the, the Obama years where it's like a slow burn into it. 
I feel like this is going to happen overnight kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am like, I've had an ad in the paint store for like three years now that is pretty intimidating and people don't want to call it, you know? Yeah. But I'm starting to get phone calls of people looking for jobs. So that's very rare for us. So, I mean, I, I think things are starting to trickle down and shit's, shit's coming, dude. Yep. Yeah. I've, uh, we've had quite a few phone calls over these last couple of weeks of people looking for jobs and sounds like some decent people. And for me, I'll, I'll typically hire year round, whether I am in need or not. So even if I'm not in need of, uh, painters specifically at this moment, I'll still do interviews, uh, you know, I'll do a phone interview before I do in person. And if it's somebody that sounds really good, I'll find a spot for them. Um, if it's somebody that sounds really average and I don't need anybody right now, I just, I won't hire, but I keep everyone's name, numbers, pay rates they're looking for, experience all in a spreadsheet so that I can go back to it anytime. You know, I've got like, I don't know, 200 painters on a list and I can just refer back to that. You know, and see, I, I've used it before to make phone calls. You know, I'll go through and, and contact, I don't know, 30 people that I've highlighted. And it's never failed me that I've always been able to hire somebody pretty quickly out of that. So it's a nice list to have. Uh, but right now, like, I don't have any plans to hire anybody for the rest of the year. Um, I'm pretty content to stay where I am and just try to keep my schedule full. But I'm still, if some superstar comes by, um, you know, I'll probably find a spot for him. Yeah. But yeah, lots of calls coming in for people looking for jobs right now. Yep. Which is not indicative of the last few years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. And it's it's interesting to see the change coming. So we had some predictions out there, you know, in terms of we were talking, we were primarily joking but you know how we believed that uh you know non-skilled jobs having their wages increased and eventually those workers were going to be replaced with like robot arms and shit and yeah. then john started talking about how um he believed that uh walmart.com or walmart in general was going to start offering like subcontractors like uh you know, kind of like how Lowe's or Home Depot does. Um, mm. I don't think that's typical of of paint, but this is kind of um, this right here is is kind of going to be a kick in the nuts. I personally think for painters, but uh, yeah, here we go. Like John called it, Walmart is merging with Angie's List to provide painting services. <laughs> So we have an article, for those just listening and not watching, we have an article pulled up. Um, looks like it's from TechCrunch. Um, this is earlier this year, but it's in 2022. And basically, yeah, they're they're forming a partnership where Walmart is going to basically offer their customers services like through Angie, or Angie's, it used to be Angie's List, now it's just Angie. Um, so basically, they're going to piggyback each other's like mailing lists, um, customer information, and Walmart will be offering like basically home services through Walmart, but kind of technically through Angie. Uh, 
<laughs> which is really interesting. Um, when we had talked about it, we had, we had definitely joked about it, but there is, there was a path, you know, that we explained in previous episodes to where Walmart could pull something off like this. They have a, obviously name recognition and really to like, if I wanted to cut through the country and take lion's share of the painting business from all the small contractors, uh, I think I could do it with enough of a budget and enough of a team. And I think, you know, having Walmart kind of money behind something like that, there's so much brand recognition with Walmart and, you know, and they're not known for being like high quality stuff, uh, but it's brand recognition. And so for them to take a stab at home services, which is obviously billions of dollars a year in business. It's fucking um, insanity. Dude, you can't walk yeah. into a Walmart and ask somebody where something is and fucking them be able to give you an answer. And they're going to send those people to go die on a ladder at your house or fucking. <laughs> well, it's not going to be mean? their like, people. It's going to be it's going to be you. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be no, it, it ain't going to fucking be me. It's not going to be you, but it's going to be uh, whatever the other guy on Instagram, Alpha Pro Painting Plus. <laughs> yeah. But the, the point, like the point of this, in my opinion, like we, we're already dealing with an accessibility problem with our trade, which mm-hmm. easy accessibility gets all these hacks into the industry mm-hmm. and it lowers expectations, it lowers the value. Um, this is only going to make things worse. You know yeah. what I mean? It's expectations only- are so low already. Yes. You know, like expectations are so low. If you answer your phone when somebody calls, you're uh, above average. If you show up on time, you're above average. If you did what you said you were going to do, you're way above average, right? Like if you fulfilled your contract, um, just straightforward, straight up, no questions, you're way above average. So expectations are super low already. Now someone like Walmart can come in. They're not going to use their own employees to do this. They'll, they'll use their employees to manage the system, but they're going to be hiring subcontractors through Angie, the same way that Angie does now, you know, like they send out these leads to five companies and those five companies get to go to war over who can have the lowest price and get this job. So that's what Walmart's going to do. They're not going to be doing any of the work themselves. They'll have licensed contractors. Lowe's does it through porch. And then Home Depot does it directly through them. I don't think that painting on either one of those is big business, but flooring is, you know, getting your floors done through Home Depot is big business for them. Door ordering and installation is big business. Windows, same thing. So it's just a matter of time before painting takes hold with any of these companies. Um, But you don't see Home Depot marketing it very much. You don't see Lowe's market. Lowe's market is, markets it more than Home Depot does, and they're a little more aggressive on getting contractors on board through their porch program. Uh, but if any one of these like really takes a big stab at it and dives in and Walmart starts doing commercials about services, um, might be a little bit in trouble. Well, because the, if the, they take over a lion's share, then it's going to start taking yeah. away jobs from us. For sure. The the problem, I mean, and with guys that have an attitude like, oh, dude, you know, fuck them. We, you know, it's not our competition or we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we charge way more, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. going to decrease the overall value. Like, um, you know, if you're fucking double what, well, you know, Walmart's going to charge or whatever, then, mm-hmm. 
cool, you're double, but you know, it's, it's going to devalue mind share, you know, and, and it probably, you know, there's probably going to be all kinds of lawsuits and, you know, the painters they hire are going to fuck everything up. And, um, it's going to take several years for people to realize, Oh, fuck that. I'm not calling Walmart for a paint job, you know? So it, it will have an impact on us at the very least. Um, not probationary, but like temporarily it will, it will impact us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, if they wanted to pump out marketing dollars, like Walmart type marketing dollars, they're for sure going to steal a big chunk of business from regular painting companies, like without a doubt. It's just going to, it's going to, it's just going to make our prices look that much more. You know what I mean? Even if, you know, even if it's, uh, the fact that we're just, getting phone calls to be used to justify, you know, a cheaper price. That's still time we've had to waste. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know that their prices are going to be cheaper than ours because they're going to be making money off of us, right? They're going to have a subcontractor and they're going to make money off of that. I don't know if they're going to go the route of only making money on the leads right now. You know, if they use their database or their marketing and they generate leads, like Angie does now, you know, if Angie sells an exterior painting lead for a hundred dollars, if Walmart brought that lead in, does Walmart collect $25 and Angie gets 75? Um, if it's something like that, then it's still going to be contractor prices, but they're going to take away phone calls from us that are going to go straight to walmart.com. Like you know, what it, prices what, might, be is this, are they going to be using Walmart paints as well? You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's a good question. So, that would be the better play long term is to have Walmart branded painters, right? Like that would be their better move. Um, but that's probably more of a headache. Um, I think for now it's probably only going to be selling the leads. Um, well, I don't know. So Amazon does services, right? Are you aware of that? No. So they do like, um, they'll do installation. They'll sell services for like putting a chair together. You know, if you bought, buy a chair on amazon.com or a desk or anything like that, they'll sell you an option. Uh, would you like to have this desk built by a professional? And so, you know, the price is $99. Um, they find a contractor to do that. They have people that are listed with amazon.com. Right. So I, um, we had a listing with them, at some point, maybe like five or six years ago, we had signed up to be one of their service professionals. We never went through with it, uh, with completing everything and, and like actually getting any work from them. But we did do all the initial steps to sign up with them. Uh, but it's like a lot of background check information. It's a lot of information that they wanted. And so they sell the actual services directly now. Right, it's like a click a button and buy installation for ninety nine dollars or one ninety nine or one forty nine or whatever. If Walmart decides to do that with painting, like paint a bedroom uh, up to twelve by twelve uh, walls for three hundred dollars seal or two ninety nine ceilings one ninety nine baseboards nineteen ninety nine closets uh, one nineteen ninety nine you know what I mean like all that shit. Um, then I think it'll be a bigger problem. Because then you're, you know, they're basically going to be taking someone like my company. Um, they're going to sell me that job instead of, 
you know, they're going to get it for one nineteen ninety nine for a closet. They're going to pay me fifty nine ninety nine to paint that closet, right? Um, I'm going to wear a Walmart Home Services t shirt when I go do their jobs, right? It's like a service call. Um, I'm going to go in, do it. I'm going to take pictures of it, send it to Amazon.com through my little Home Services app. They're going to approve it and they're going to direct deposit money into my account. $59.99. And then I'm going to get a, a rating, you know, from that homeowner and Amazon's going to decide to keep me or to ditch me. You know, if I get a bunch of two-star reviews from customers, they're going to get rid of me. If I have five-star reviews, they're going to pump me up and give me more jobs. So if Walmart decides to go that route, then I think we're in trouble. Then I think they can come in, take a really big uh, market share just based off of their name. You know, because they'll be able to manage the quality of it um, just through that, through a rating system. You know, like that's relatively easy to do. We do it now, right? You do it. I do it just on a small scale compared to what they would do. So we manage rating systems right now. You know, you're managing to keep five-star reviews. I'm managing to keep five-star reviews. There's yeah. no reason they can't do it. I mean, they have way more systems in place, way more high-level managers in place than we do. It's totally doable for them. Dude, I just got my first bad review. I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> dude, I'm, like, beyond pissed. It was just for... Uh, some dude reviewed my shit for uh, not going to an estimate. says, <laughs> failed to show up at a pointed time to discuss painting project. And then one star re- review, it dropped me from a perfect five star rating over the last f- fucking three years, which I've busted my ass to fucking keep, you know, perfect. Yeah. So this was this was my response. Uh, the unfortunate part about being <laughs> the most reputable painting company in Southwest Missouri is we never get a break, especially the way the last two years have gone. It's also disappointing that after 28 years in the field, my first bad review is a job I was never even contractually obligated to do or even got to work on in any way. It's a good response. But I, I wanted, you know, I sent like, I sent you the, the, like the fucking two page fucking response, dude. The other I changed it. I'm just going to try and contest it, but I think that's bullshit, dude. So like a job that you never even worked on, people can review your fucking business for a free portion of the services you fucking offer. Like, I don't want to bid every fucking job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's fucking bullshit. But you got to get out of the estimate then, right? Yeah. The, um, so that's a shitty part about the whole re- review system is that, and look, they're not wrong for being upset that you missed an appointment, but to give a one-star review is pretty fucked up. Like yeah. that, the whole review system takes it away from being anything personal, like direct, like they should have called you and expressed to you their issue or whatever, not gone on publicly and fucking gave you the lowest rating possible, you know, for something like that. Yeah. Have they ever missed an appointment? Have they ever forgot something? Have they ever overlooked something? You know, like it takes away the whole human side of things and just gives them the ability to hurt your company. Yeah. My um, times have been crazy, dude. Like I've, yeah, I fucking, 
you know, I'm, I'm in the field all day and I'm bidding jobs in the afternoon and I'm fucking staying up late at night writing proposals. Like that's been my life for like the last two years. So, uh, shit's going to get missed here and there in terms of estimates, you know, we're we're behind schedule. We're crazy busy. You can't find fucking help, blah, blah, fucking blah. Like it is what it is, dude. If people, you know, have been living in a completely different world than I have for the last two years, well, fucking good for them. But shit's going to slow down. Yeah, it's going to get, I think there's going to be some big changes in the near future. Um, You know, we talked about that quite a bit on our last episode, so we won't go in too deep. But it is interesting to see the influx of calls for people looking for jobs right now. All right, so one of the things we're going to talk about is paint products. Um, We got a message in a couple weeks ago asking someone or for someone asking us to go in on uh, primers on different surfaces and stuff like that. And I think we'll do a a dive on that on another episode as well. Um, But this one is going to be up about paint coatings, where we would use them, where we wouldn't use them, um, maybe some of the competition. So... I mostly use Dunn Edwards paint. Um, Sherwin Williams is the second place that I go to, and then Vista paint here um, would be our third option. Um, and it's not because of quality necessarily. Uh, Vista paint has some really good quality products, but they're not. There aren't as many stores. Um, our customers are usually choosing colors from Dunn Edwards or Sherwin Williams here, where I am. Dunn Edwards is a Southwest. Um, United States company only. They're not in the Midwest. They're not on the East Coast. Um, so, but it's popular here. They have as many stores or more locally as Sherwin Williams. Uh, but over the last maybe five years or so, Sherwin Williams has been buying everyone out. So, we used to have Frazee here, you know, five, eight years ago. And Sherwin Williams bought all of them and turned them into Sherwin Williams stores. So they've been slowly um, ramping up the amount of stores that they have here. So I use a decent amount of Sherwin-Williams, but not nearly as much as Dunn Edwards. But you mainly use Sherwin-Williams, right? Yeah. I mean, I I have experience with, you know, Qual, Pittsburgh, PPG, uh, Spectrum, which their in-house products suck, but they're like a third-party distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, that's where you got to get the Benjamin Moore and shit like that. Um, yep. uh, shit, let me think. Um, ICI, um, Sherwin Williams, uh, Sterling. Um, I've used Don Edwards when I, you know, when I used to live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I'm sure there's a few here and there that I'm forgetting about, but, um, we, yes, as of right now, we, pr- and you know, the way that it's always been, I am most familiar with, with Sherwin Williams products. So, okay. Um, so we'll start at the top with the Emerald line. So they've got for interior, they have their, um, regular, I guess, standard Emerald interior acrylic. They have their uh, designer edition, which is relatively new. That's less than a year old, right? 
Yeah. Right well, I don't. I don't think it's less than a year. Um, but yeah, we're we're within a, a couple years or so. Okay. And then there, the emerald urethane. Um, use the urethane a lot, right? Yeah, I use emerald urethane primarily for trim. So what I've started to notice with emerald urethane is, uh, you know, in in terms of it being, you know, a, a modified um, acrylic. I think it is, a, you know, a modified urethane, so I don't believe mm-hmm. that it yellows. Now, you know, I've used, you know, if, if I were to compare emerald urethane to, you know, other hard products that I've used, like uh, Southwest Builders Fast Dry Alkyd Enamel, or, you know, even pigmented shellax, or fucking, you know, Fine Paints of Europe, or... Um, with the eco or, um, you know, uh, dude. Yeah. I mean, just anything in comparison, like, I, I don't know to me, there's not a huge learning curve with any product just because it's what I do for a living is figure mm-hmm. shit out. You know, yeah. um, I just like it bonds well to previously painted surfaces, lays down well. Um, what I've noticed also, um, in terms of spraying, if you condition it when brushing, like over a previously painted surface, it lays down very good. Now, in terms of brush strokes over pre-primed, you know, that substrate is still permeable, so you will be prone to brush strokes. Um, but if, you know, if there if the permeability is closed off, like something that was previously enameled and previously sprayed, you can get it to lay down slightly better than pro classic in my opinion and so which i, w- I want to clarify on a couple of things you're saying here so when you say condition it are you talking about using an extender yeah like out a little yeah mm-hmm. the, whether it's like that m1 shit or if you're talking flow troll mm-hmm. um and, th- and then on primer when you're saying um uh closed off surface or porous surface so something with primer on is going to have larger pores which will it will abs- better adhesion but it also suck out moisture, right? Now, what, what I'm talking about is like brushing. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can spray over a pre-primed or over a surface that you are priming and get a premium result. But if you're brushing emerald urethane, um, like say in a repaint or if you're attempting to brush it in new construction or say mm-hmm. like your baseboard is getting installed after you've already painted a trim package, spray a first coat on your base if it gets installed yeah. after the fact. And then when you go to brush your final coat after your prep, like it will lay down like it's been sprayed. You yeah, just don't right. want to brush, you don't want to brush a shit over primer and expect that it's going to lay down because right. you know, the permeability of the primer is going to absorb Whereas if you're painting over something that's previously painted, it's going to sit on top of the surface and have time to lay down. So over pre-primed, it's going to dry fast and your brush strokes aren't going to have time to lay down because it's going to absorb. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sorry for interrupting. I don't know where you left off. (laughs) I, I don't either, but yeah, emerald urethane. So, you know, the way we used to do repaints was, you know, pro classic it's, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard coating. I've come to find that I can use emerald urethane both as a, you know, a trim enamel and as a brushable, you know, enamel that will lay down well. It's got good mm-hmm. adhesion, doesn't yellow to my knowledge. 
I'll have to be double checked on that. But uh, well, here it says uh, this water-based enamel resists yellowing compared to traditional yeah. oil-based coatings and creates a hard, durable finish that withstands wear and tear frequently cleaned and used areas. Um, which you know, take it with a grain of salt if it's on their um, description of the product. Yeah. But I believe that this uh, modified material is different than alkyd modified because of the urethane. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I've even heard anyone talking about. Um, the emerald urethane yellowing for sure the alkids do and um yeah like know, like so we'll have information in there stating you know doesn't yell as much as the old formula you know that kind of shit. yeah uh so with emerald urethane being a modified you know it, it's a modified urethanized acrylic um uh, you look at uh, like fine pants of Europe eco satin. It is a modified alkyd. Mm-hmm. So, in in my opinion, that product, uh, the alkyds, separate from the acrylic, and your hydrocarbon residue rises to the surface, which leaves it gummy for too long. And it, it yeah. I personally think that product's broken. But um, I think emerald urethane lays down better than. Uh, FPE Eco Satin. I've, I've brushed and sprayed both, and for sure the emerald urethane lays down better. Yeah. W- with a brush. Yeah, I think it's a solid product it, all the it, way around. It could be RU'd, yeah, yeah. which lays down better being sprayed. Yeah. Um, the only issue I had with the emerald urethane was, I guess, a few years ago, um, we had done a, a cabinet set, and I don't really. I think this was the only time we'd used emerald on cabinets, but a customer had requested it and we did it in a satin finish and it dried almost down to like an eggshell, almost like a velvet finish, almost like a step below eggshell. It was very matte and um, it felt porous to touch. Yeah. Um, But I think they've reformulated that. Yeah. So at most all trim packages in this area, um, are semi-gloss and that it's kind of been the standard. Uh, and I think primarily because, um, you know, Southwest builders, fast dry, yellow resistant alkyd enamel was like the go-to product for the majority of the production and custom homes in this area for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. It dries fast, like a lacquer. Um, you could build it. So, you know, we used to white lacquer undercoat and then sand and then shoot fast dry. Um, some people would reduce it with mineral spirits. Some people would reduce it with lacquer thinner. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is with mineral spirits, if you over reduce, you have to do multiple coats and fast dry has a 12 hour critical recoat time. So mm-hmm. beyond 12 hours, it won't adhere to itself. So yeah. I think it was critical to reduce with lacquer thinner and then build. So that product could be shot super, super heavy um, and dry like, uh, you know, lay down like an alkyd, but dry fast like a lacquer. So what it would do essentially over the years, what I figured out is over pre-primed, you don't actually have to lacquer undercoat. You can just Mm -hmm. sand and you can build your fast dry so thick that uh, it will start to absorb and then it will stop at a certain point and and dry. So I mean, you can get the same result without having the lacquer undercoater with doing it if you do it right. But so for me, beyond fast dry, <clears throat> uh, 
that was like the cat's ass in terms of whether it was custom or production. And, you know, in production, once we broke at the fast dry, we could run everybody off the job because they didn't want to smell it. Yeah. It dried super hard. Um, you know, it, it, so, I mean, like that was like, you know, that was the best product to use in my opinion for, for years. But over, over the years, like you do repaints, and I mean, it's not a brushable product. It would be like trying to brush lacquer, pigmented lacquer. You can't yeah. fucking do it. So um, yeah. you go into an occupied repaint and you can't use it. So, you know, the last 10 years or so, uh, or five, five, eight years or so, I've been in search of a new trim enamel. And I think I, you know, I've come to the conclusion that emerald urethane is my, my trim enamel trim enamel now in terms of the satin uh, i know what you're talking about like the uh the formulation for the original formula of the satin was kind of fucked up it, it was like a low sheen eggshell and and uh mm. you know i i had only used it once and then i was you know and it just felt weird like man this this seems like it's compromised you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like and you know dry. like yeah, like it would scuff easily and yada yada, but it's since been um, it's since been modified, and I think the satin is is safe now. But yeah, you um, sent me some photos with real nice sheen, nice side sheen to it, and yeah, that's that is a difference, you know, when something how smooth it feels, you know, how nice and hard it feels. Um, usually, get a nice sheen out of it like that. All right, um, on to some other products. So. Duration Super Paint, Cashmere, Promar 200. These are probably like the most common wall paints, right? Yeah. I mean, do you, are you using much emerald on walls, on the interior? Uh, emerald or you're talking emerald urethane? <laughs> no, the, like the regular yeah. emerald. Yeah. Yeah. So I've not used the emerald um, interior acrylic. I've not used the emerald designer edition. Um. I don't use duration on walls. I don't use super paint on walls. Um, originally when super paint come out, came out, you know, shit, this, this was like what, almost 30 years ago. It was, um, it was marketed as like a water-based trim enamel, you know, mm -hmm. the interior version. And then the exterior version was marketed as like the first ever low temp 35. So it was labeled as super paint, low temp 35 yeah. and, and it being self priming without, without talking about blocking tanning bleeds or anything. So yeah. to me, you know, it, it's super paint, you know, was one of the first water based enamels, but, um, I, I don't, I've never used it indoors, you know, on walls. To me, walls are like an afterthought. Um, they're going to get jacked up, you know, they're going to get fingerprints mm -hmm. on them. People are going to run into them. You know, we leave uh, a pretty fancy touch-up kits for our customers. I personally, in production, you know, walls are an afterthought as, you know, more so than in residential, but like, we're mm -hmm. just throwing trash on the walls, you know what I mean? In production yeah. and, you know, maybe bumping to a, a more premium, premium product on trim, mm -hmm. but, uh, in, you know, residential, whether it's a custom home or, uh, <clears throat> like a turn, like not turnkey, but, you know, 
like semi-custom or something, I think cashmere for me is like just the standard. If somebody wants to bump to like designer edition, I would do it, but I just don't see the need. Like if you're looking for durability and you're looking for, you know, just some crazy fancy wall coating, why not just go with a pro industrial pre-catalyzed epoxy if you want durability? Like it doesn't make sense to me to put a hundred dollar a gallon paint on a fucking wall, you know? Yeah. Which I wanted to mention, by the way, the list price for the emerald urethane is $103.99 per gallon. Yeah, it's probably more than that, more like 106 in my area. But that's yeah. that's shelf price, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting idea because uh, Faro and Ball sell their paint for 125 bucks a gallon. Um, Fine Paints of Europe is like 130 135 for a three-quarter gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of these companies' retail prices are in the $100 range, um, as is. They're just doing contractor discounts. Uh, every now and then, they'll catch a homeowner and give them retail price, charge them 100 bucks a gallon. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of messed up. Well, I say I, okay. they, they charge mm-hmm. every, I, every walk-in that I see, they're getting shelf price, dude, you know? Yeah. So at Dun Edwards, they'll usually, well, they'll do a AAA discount. Um, I think that might be it. Senior discount, AAA. Um, and I think it's 10% off, something like that. Um, okay, so you're mostly cashmere on interiors. I'm mostly super paint on interiors for walls. Um, super paint reacts really similarly to uh, Suprema, which is what I buy at Dun Edwards. Um it has a little bit of a rubbery feel to it. Um, it has good coverage. The sheen uniformity is good. Touch up is good. Uh, duration we'll use sometimes, but I, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like that much of a step up um, from Super Paint. When Duration then, first came out, um, it they they demoed some to us when they when Duration first came out, like Duration Interior, and we were trying to paint some bathrooms with it, and you couldn't you couldn't brush it one way and then come back the other way without it changing colors. Yeah. And so we tried everything like cut in roll wet on wet and it, it was terrible. Like, so I never got that bad taste out of my mouth. I, I realized that it was an early formulation and they probably had to either reformulate it or the potential for us having a bad batch was there, but I never got that bad taste out of my mouth for paying 50 plus dollars a gallon for some fucking, paint that looks like a handyman put it on there you know yep yep yeah that's uh so i've used promar 400 on ceilings like only a couple times um man i want to say i used it on walls like 10 years ago and you couldn't touch it up it looked like a different color if you did touch up on it, it was like darker or lighter uh so i've never turned back on that um but I'll use super paint mainly on interiors and then um, Promar 200. So like I'll usually do, we do some commercial space and Promar 200 seems to be like a good generic um, uh, builder spec for those types of spaces. It's like uh, has antimicrobial properties in it. Um, the sheen uniformity is good enough. The ability to touch up is good enough. Um, and obviously it's lower priced. Yeah. Um, Emerald designer edition we've used on one or two projects. Um, what do you think of it? It's a nice paint. It's nice. I mean, it's, uh, 
Is it a hundred and six dollars a gallon? Nice. No, it's not. It's yeah. not double a price of anything else. Nice. Um, Dun Edwards has a product called Exquisite, and it's um, like a ceramic coating. Um, it has ceramic in it. It's it's a nice paint. It dries super hard. You know, if you run your fingernails over it, it feels kind of like a Scuff X would feel, or even Command. We had talked about Command a little bit. Um, where it's a really hard coating, um, almost like a shell, you know, like a shell coating to it. Uh, and they charge about double for that. I think my price is around 70 bucks a gallon for it. Um, and that's supposed to be their competitor to the fine paints of Europe, the Faro and balls, you know, that's, it's their high, their ultra high end interior wall paint line. Um, and so Emerald, um, the designer edition, Feels like it doesn't dry as hard as that product. It's a little more soft, um, but it covers well. I mean, it's it's a nice paint. You can tell like it's a it's a quality paint, but it doesn't feel like anything special, you know. Yeah, I think anybody who says it is special is like just it's a name, you know. It's not a it's a marketing thing. Um, but yeah, super paint is probably my go to on interior. Just it's a like basic general we can rely on it um, we've been using it for a long time um all right so let's see if we get into um cashmere pro classic harmony um you ever use harmony i don't, I don't think so you touched on 200 though and yeah. you know two, 200 back in the day like i would say you know, primarily like sheetrock in, in schools or student housing or uh, heavy commercial. You know, that was primarily a commercially specced product. Mm -hmm. um, I know like in the past I worked for a lot of guys that used 400, you know, on, on residential for like, you know, spec homes or repaints or whatever. So, yep. you know, the, the 200 and the 400 lines are decent products, man. There's not, in my opinion, a, a vast difference between 400, 200 cashmere and super paint, you know, hmm. I haven't used 400 anytime recently. Um, but it's the same deal. I got a bad taste in my mouth a long time ago from it. And I don't know that I've even used any sheen levels in that. Um, besides flat, I really? had a lot of issues with flat, um, touching up with the cut in lines different from roller lines or, uh, rolled sections versus cut in. Um, but the 200 and super paint, um, I would be mostly fine using that on any project. If somebody requested 200 or someone requested super paint, um, I don't think I would turn them down in most cases. Uh, I do feel like the 200 in like whites, light yellows, um, has pretty terrible coverage, yeah. but, um, a lot of paints have terrible coverage in those types of colors. Yeah. Yeah. We did some red and cashmere the other day that didn't cover very well, but yeah. I, I honestly think that two, you know, red and, and 200 would actually cover better than cashmere. Do you ever, um, do different bases? So like if we, um, yeah, you know, have to do something in, uh, uh, eggshell and red, We'll do flat first, a couple coats of flat, and then finish it off with eggshell. Yeah, I'll usually do, like, it dependent upon the red, but, like, between a P3 and a P5 primer, and mm -hmm. then build on top of that. Yeah. 
Like, dude, even if you use some shitty, you know, uh, it doesn't matter as long as it's flat. If you use some shitty PVA primer, you know, in a P4 or P5 and then bump to there because your, your color retention is going to absorb into the primer and -hmm. then you'll be able to build on top of that. Yeah. Or you could use the, um, universal primer, uh, FPE fully tinted. Yeah. Yeah. We all, that might be, (laughs) that might be one scenario where it would make sense to do red primer under a red wall. Um, yeah, which if you're talking color retention, then that stuff, the, the system works great. I just don't like the fact that uh, it never dries. Yeah, and I don't, um, I wish it dried harder. Yeah. You know? So I, I have those door samples still kicking around my shop and they're, that's just how it is. They just don't dry hard. You know, yeah. it's not a shell coating, um, which is weird to me. Uh, but there's still, you could dig a fingernail in them. You know, yep. this is like, what, fucking three months, something mm-hmm. like that. So it's just not, it doesn't dry hard. You know, I guess that's, it is what it is. I'm several. Very similar, like super paint doesn't dry very hard. You know, it's a rubbery coating when it's dry. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you think about Pro Classic? I think uh, the guys that are out there spraying it on trim should stop. That product was designed for brushing in terms of repaints so the same Mm -hmm. thing that i talked about you know permeability in terms of going over something with emerald urethane like if you're brushing it over primer you're going to have brush strokes in it but if you're brushing it over something that was previously sprayed and it's sealed it's going to lay down well the thing with pro classic um for a water-based enamel it's been around for a long time Mm-hmm. Um, it does dry, it dries pretty hard. It adheres yeah. well. Um, and it lays down excellent. It's been around for a long time and it's probably in terms of products, the, like the first and the longest lasting, um, water-based enamel that you can get to lay down like a traditional alkyd. Yeah. Um, but you have to be careful with it. Um, you got to put it on quick. You got to lay it off. And that shit will tack and then run. So there's a pretty big learning curve to brushing it. And in terms of spraying, like, just don't fucking spray it, dude. Spray emerald urethane. There's no reason the guys out there spraying Pro Classic. Oh, it lays down so good. Yeah, everything lays down good if you spray it, you know. Stop yeah, spraying yeah. that shit. Why <laughs> should they stop spraying it? it? It's just because it's you have to build it in extreme, extremely thin coats. I mean, so there's, there's nothing there. It's either, it's going to run to the floor. If you try and shoot it heavy, I don't want to shoot, you know, multiple thin coats. I want to load something on there and be done with it. Yeah. Okay. And then we had talked a little bit about this offline. Um, but when it comes to choosing products, um, you know, different product types for different substrates, what, a couple of the really popular products that have come up just recently, uh, through Benjamin Moore are ScuffX and Command. So Command I've seen being used everywhere. Um, a lot of cabinetry being done in it. Um, kind of all surfaces. ScuffX, almost the same thing. You know, people are using that on cabinets, trim packages, regular walls. Um, both of them are hard drying coatings. Command, I think, more so. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? 
using a product on the command. Right so I I had uh, I'm doing a, a pretty large exterior right now. Our process for ex for exteriors, whether it's a, a conversion out of semi transparent or solid body stain into paint, or whether it's you know paint that is extremely oxidized and it's just not been taken care of for 20 years. Um, is to oil prime with a 100 uh, alkyd fast dry primer. Then we'll do our prep, and then we'll uh, and with that application, it's either sprayed and back brushed or sprayed and back rolled. And you know, then we prep, and then we'll spray and back roll our first coats of duration, and then I will spray a final coat for color retention of duration. So it's a three step process. And hey, what's the what's the difference between fast dry and slow dry primers? What do you mean? So like a traditional alkyd is just uh you know, it's just a slow dry slow dry mm -hmm. alkyd. There's medium dry. So when you when you hear fast dry, it's it's usually referred to like a medium dry oil. Um but with What would you with, call cover stain? Zinser cover stain? That that would be that would be considered, you know, fast dry oil, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like a a medium dry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're just, they're just formulated dry. It's not going to sit there like shooting a traditional alkyd enamel and you got to wait yeah, yeah, two yeah. days before you put tape on it. Are there, so slow drying oil primers, there aren't many, right? I mean, I don't know commercially like any popular ones. No, dude. I, you remember shooting trim packages back in the day though with an mm -hmm. alkyd and like, you couldn't even like you mask all your fucking floors and you shoot, you know, you white lacquer <laughs> undercoat. That's fine. Yeah. And you're trying to walk and like every yeah, yeah. step you take, you're ripping up paper yeah. and it's a fucking yeah. nightmare. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. to me, that's the difference. I don't so know. Just like newer technology. Yeah. Chemically, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe they're speeding it up because sure. like, like Japan dryer in there or something. Not net, no, not even Japan dryer. Something that you you know that you do in the field or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like from the lab. Maybe they're speeding it right. up with like like you know acetone or, or yeah, faster evaporating yeah. yeah carrier. Okay, so you're putting oil primer on. Yep, and then duration. So duration, like the the difference. I will, we're going to talk about command. So the mm -hmm. difference that that's kind of my process. And then like with the duration, um, I think duration dries a little bit harder than super paint. Um, but yeah. there's certain, there's certain reasons and instances why you would prefer elasticity over something that dries hard. And I think yes. command versus duration is a very good example. So with having said that about the process, you know, we're doing this house and down the street, um, there's this contractor that I know, I'm not going to name him or whatever, but uh, he pulled up to my job site the other day and he walked me down to a house he had previously painted. And I personally don't think this is any fault of his own. Um, it's not like his fault that this is happening, but, you know, command markets, you know, hey, this product can pretty much go on everything. So we go over there. It's got a uh, shake shingle siding, which it is a synthetic, like a composite vinyl. So you can take your thumbnail and you can like dig your thumbnail into this, right? You know, so his rep okayed him to put command on that shit and it's coming off in sheets. Um, if you look at like his handrails, like 
He had uh, new handrails that he primed and he painted with command, and they are coming off and delaminating in sheets. And, you know, he he's had reps out there and he's getting, you know, his answers or, you know, he's trying to get them to warranty it and stuff. But you can see where, like, hell has hit it and then moisture's been able to get through there and then start to delaminate from there. But there's no reason for, like, the front side to be delaminating. Um, for one, I told him, like, dude, you know, like, well, the first thing, you know, we talked about this before is, like, I don't fucking paint vinyl. Yeah. period you're just asking for problems right but if i was going to i would never put something this hard on there you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. Y- you should have put duration or super paint or you know what anything. kind of primer would you use if you're going over vinyl i would just go straight duration and then no warranty yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't do warranties on vinyl we had a, a client last week we were supposed to do a bunch of windows you know the actual window frames um they had some aluminum some vinyl and, you know, I, I have had this talk with my salesperson a million times, um, but we don't do any warranties on, on vinyl windows and we explain why, you know, and the reason is like, there's been a lot of cases of those windows warping and yeah. then not opening and closing properly. And the manufacturer will not cover that. That's yeah, like I 100%, would... you void your warranty. So if you want to do yeah. it, no problem, just sign here, you know, that you're aware this is a I wouldn't even do that, man, because those people, when you do shit like that and you explain to somebody, this will fail, this will fail, this will fail, then you're going to be the first person they call when it fails, you know? Yeah, and... but I literally have a conversation very direct. Like, I need you guys to know that the manufacturer will not cover this warranty. The reason uh, people aren't supposed to paint vinyls because there's warping issues, you know, so your window yeah. will warp. It won't open and close properly and I won't take any liability for it. If you want to do it, that's fine with me. We'll put the paint on. We'll, um, you know, we usually do like a XIM primer um, and we'll paint it. You know, it's we'll do it to make it as durable as we can, but I have no guarantees. As soon as I wouldn't even do that, that though. No like I, I can throw a golf ball through vinyl siding. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there's, you just don't want to do it just yeah. solely because I don't want that, you know, that bad name out there. For yeah, I yeah. would rather just turn it down and refuse to do it and let somebody else deal with the right. fact that's that... that's a smart yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, with this, this command, like, so he had it on a synthetic uh, cedar shake. You know, mm-hmm. vinyl is the only thing that I can you know, give an example in terms of the chemical makeup that this stuff looked like coming off in complete sheets and his handrails are coming off in complete sheets. But like you can walk up to this product and you can put your thumbnail on it and try and scratch it around. It's a extremely hard product. And in some instances, that's not a good thing in terms of exterior wood that's going to be shrinking and expanding you know over the seasons and stuff like so i mean you know i told you and he had used a uh, a water-based stain blocking primer but you know i told him dude i would have you know oil primed and then done my prep and then went duration because you know it's just gonna last a very long time and it has elasticity like you can't just because this stuff is expensive and it dries really hard you know, there, there's some instances where, where that will bite you in the ass. And, yeah, you know, I mean, now he's got a whole house that's delaminating. Yeah. So their, uh, their little um, marketing sheet here 
Basically, it will go over galvanized steel, aluminum, concrete, masonry, vinyl, laminates, drywall, plaster, ceramic tile, PVC coatings, and millwork. So one paint that does everything. Put yeah. it on garage floors. Um, return to service in just 24 hours for fork, forklift traffic. Um, now, one thing here um, talks about it being a flexible coating. Um, no. Which I don't think that's true. No, fuck no. Um, if it was a flexible coating, you wouldn't want to put it on a concrete floor. Right. You know what that's, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same with, uh, so it's tack-free um, drying. Let's see, what does it go to there? Fifteen minutes dry to touch. It's pretty quick. Um, yeah, but it's talking about um, you can stack it. Oh, I just saw that. Yeah, so you can stack them or return to service within an hour, typically. Um, To get that hard to be tack free, that's going to have to dry really hard because if it's soft, like I, um, I mean, yeah. we all know these products where it dries and it's dry to touch, but it's not hard, you know? And if you stack that shit, it's going to stick. That's, I mean, um, I, I haven't used it, but you know, looking at it in a residential environment, like that seems like, no, no, you don't want to put that on siding. You don't want to put it on wood handrails. You don't want to put it on shit like that it sounds like maybe it is a water-based solution to put you know versus versus an alkyd like uh steel doors in a you know right in a commercial environment or mm -hmm. you know what i mean like so uh it says apply self-priming command directly to existing alkyd or epoxy coatings most metals and plastics laminates masonry concrete and more yeah. um Anything that has this kind of a pitch, um, I usually don't believe. <laughs> one, one paint that can do everything, including prime for itself. Um, I don't know that we've ever had a product on the market like that. Um, and I don't know that we ever will. Uh, but this seems to be marketing that. Yeah. Because, you know, just there, there are certain products that you want to dry hard. And there are certain products that you want to be able to flex. You know, so on interior, what would be an example of where you'd want it to dry hard? Um, so, you know, cabinets would be an example of something you want to dry hard. Mm -hmm. Your trim package is some, is an example that you want to dry hard, but on moving parts like your frames and shit, the doors are going to be opening and closing. Like if I were to say, you know, like, okay, I'm going to put, uh, Centaurian on my cabinets and then I'm going to put emerald urethane on my trim package and then I'm going to put you know cashmere on my walls and or you know Promar ceiling paint or whatever on the ceilings like um, I could just because I'm in it I could put emerald urethane on my cabinets or I could put Centaurian on my trim but there's going to be different issues that pop up because of that you know yeah yeah, I agree with that first set of where everything goes, you know, putting the 2K poly on the cabinets because it dries hard as a rock, really easy to clean. If you did put that on your trim work, um, it's, it's gonna, not the end of the world, but it's going to crack at your joints, right? Yeah. Cause just because you have movement. That's, uh, you know, you've got headers that are running through there. 
You want something hard, but you want a little bit of elasticity. And I think right. I think emerald urethane is that is that variant for trim package. But yeah. I don't think that it's so good that you want to put it on cabinets. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. It doesn't have like um yeah, the the 2K almost has a lacquer feel to it where it's very non-porous, super smooth, really hard to your fingernails. Um the emerald is close to that, but it's not as hard. It's not yeah. as smooth. So yeah, I wouldn't it would be on the low side for cabinetry, but the 2K poly would be on the low side for doors and trim. Yeah. And then your walls um same deal, right? You want something with a little bit of flex, but still cleanable, touch up. Yeah. You know, okay. I, just to me, dude, like, like I said, with walls, I don't, I don't think, uh, if I'm going to go overkill, I'm going to go pre epoxy because at least there's some type of benefit, you know? You have mar and scuff resistancy, impact resistancy, you have chemical resistancy, so like, you know, for example, like if I go with pre-cat, like right, you know, right now we're doing a house. Um, everything is is uh, a Promar ceiling paint on the ceilings. The walls are cashmere, but the bathrooms are pre-cat epoxy because they are prone to mold growth on the ceilings, especially in the basements. And I want these people to be able to, you know, bust out with some bleach and wipe everything mm -hmm. down when the ceilings mold or when there's, you know, mold up high on the walls from you know two years worth of showering or whatever and it not damaged a product so yeah yeah and those are some uh factors to take into consideration is like what are the client's needs for specific space we don't have basements here so we don't have to deal with uh any of that mold issues um in those areas but uh moisture in bathrooms you know on the older homes here they don't have as good a ventilation and so that becomes an issue you know, with being able to clean the walls really well. Um, how about eminence? Eminence. I've used that quite a bit on ceilings. I like that for ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. So what we, we used to use, uh, uh, Southwest builders, uh, flat. And then we moved to Promar ceiling paint and then we moved to eminence but now we're back to Promar ceiling paint. So sometimes it's like, you know, flats like that are dependent upon the store manager, whichever yeah. product he's trying to push, stop, you know, and yeah. they'll, they'll act like, Oh, well we're, we're trying to get rid of this product. And then you, yeah. you find out that other stores are fucking carrying it and it was just them. So, yep. you know, I think yeah, eminence went away over the last uh, couple of years with availability. Yeah. It was all right, you know. It, to me, it's not much different than Promars, or it's not much different than uh, Southwest Builders. It's not much different than Promar ceiling paint, you know. Yeah. Okay. You have any other products that you like uh, on Sherwin Williams? We're just kind of going through their website on interior products right now. We'll do another one with exterior products. Uh, but yeah. We'll so keep this one short and sweet. Yeah, my you know, like I said, my standard uh, A100 exterior oil primer underneath uh, duration satin, duration flat, or duration low luster, um, emerald urethane for trim. Um, I think that we might start using on nicer stuff the uh, Centurion 1107 for priming our shitty pre-prime trim packages, mm -hmm. and then 
emerald urethane over the top of that. I'm having good reactivity. Everything's adhering good. I was able to leave tape on all my trim for two weeks and it not do damage. So, nice. and, and that's with taping it the very next day, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, and then cashmere on our walls, promar ceiling paint on our ceilings, you know, uh, I'm still into, um, you know, believing in traditional alkids on like steel handrails and shit like that, yeah. you know, yeah. um, still a believer in oil-based stains outside, um, with the exception, we've been testing, um, uh, structures would care. They're 100% acrylic coating, which has been pretty impressive. Um, Some of these products that are coming out, um, the water-based stuff for exterior stain work. Um, if you find stuff in like the hundred dollar a gallon range, uh, yeah. they are doing something different, you know, and yeah. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know the science behind it, but there are some products that are coming along that seem to yeah. be figuring it out. I think the nature one dude, me personally, you do two coats of that shit and you have excellent sheen retention mm -hmm. and it just, it seems like it dries harder than the oil. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of them build really well. Um, yeah, we don't have access to a lot of oil-based stuff here. We have some yeah. still. You know, we can get like TWP for exterior. Yeah. Um, but it's only like, I don't know, two stores in the whole county sell it. So we're having to mess around with more water-based stuff. Yeah. Stop using Super Deck, you know, and the acrylics. You know, everyone yeah. should stop using that. Don't fucking put Super Deck on your decks. Other then there what is it the uh one is it 107 voc but they they have a for their solid body they have a modified coating that i've been testing that seems mm. that seems pretty good but um i do not like the super decks do that shit will fail um yeah. stop putting wood scapes on siding over <laughs> primer <laughs> yeah well i think we'll we'll dive in on uh the whole exterior line um, on another episode as well. And then we'll go a little deeper on exterior products we like and don't like, where we use them, how we use them. Um, okay. We're all good then? Yep. All right. We'll see you next time. Later. As always, please like our YouTube page. Give us five-star only reviews on all podcast platforms. If you have questions or comments, send them over to hello at paintsniffers.com or on Instagram at paint underscore sniffers. You can also watch the video version of the podcast on the Alpha Painting YouTube page. Go to playlists and it will be filed under Paint Sniffer Podcast. Via YouTube, you can write into qa at paintsniffer.com. Thank you for listening to Paint Sniffer Podcast.